Spiritual formation is a hot topic these days, but what role does the Bible play in the equation? This is the Bible Reset Podcast brought to you by the Institute for Bible Reading. Welcome to the show. I'm Alex Goodwin here with Paul Kamnitty. Glenn wasn't able to join us today, but we are delighted to be joined by Dr. Stephanie Nance. Stephanie is the adult spiritual formation pastor at Chapel Springs Church in Bristow, Virginia. And in many ways, we kind of see her as the gold standard for championing Immerse and uh, and really using it to drive Bible engagement at a whole church level. Um, In the midst of the hustle and bustle of Northern Virginia, Chapel Springs committed to Immerse in 2019 and actually finished going through all six volumes in two years. And this year, they're currently going back through the Messiah New Testament on kind of a full year track. Today, we're going to talk with Stephanie about what happens kind of in the spiritual formation realm uh, when a church goes all in on something like Immerse. Stephanie, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Stephanie, it is an honor to have you here. And uh, want to thank you for your pioneering work. Um, honestly, I think if we were to scour the country, we would find very few churches that are doing what you're doing. You, there might be a church or two that the pastors are preaching through the Bible, but this whole church through the whole Bible is is culture making, and uh, you've been right at the forefront of that. And so we thank you. But we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here. We want to hear about how this all worked out at Chapel Springs. But before we do that, um, our tradition with our guests is to ask how you personally got hooked on the Bible. (laughs) Yeah, that's such a great question. Um, You know, I think it started as a child. My my parents got saved in their probably mid-20s, probably around 24, 25 Um maybe 26. And so I was really young, just a couple years old, but I remember them um, reading the Bible when I was like three or four. I have, you know, you don't have great memories from that age, but for some reason I have a really significant memory. Um, I remember my dad coming in the door and he immediately started talking to my mom about the Bible. And it sounded scary because I'm pretty sure it was about revelation <laughs> and around 1979, 1980, you know, um, there was a focus, I think, from Hal Lindsey <laughs> and probably some of his books. And anyway, so one of my earliest memories is um, fear. <laughs> but I just remember the like how excited my parents were um, with the Bible. And then as I got in church, we had a couple in our church that owned a Christian bookstore downtown. And I, I have memories of being in that little bitty bookstore surrounded by Bibles and looking at all the beautiful Bibles with the beautiful shiny pages and, and want, wanting one and picking one out for Christmas. And, um, and you know, I, we got out of church for several, several years. Um, we came back, I was probably about 16, came back to that church. And I really struggled because it was a King James only church. And I just, I was 16. I probably wasn't the greatest reader because I was in a different school, kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, 
in fifth grade. I had I started a new school. So that probably affected me <laughs> some in my reading levels. Um, and then I remember going to Bible college and feeling really behind everyone else. Um, and then someone, someone, and I don't remember how, but I got a, I think someone gave me a little pocket um, paraphrase and it was a reader's Bible. So it didn't have any chapters or verses. And I just absorbed that thing. I remember um, being in bed at night and just reading it like it was a, a storybook. Um, and then I, I graduated college. I went to um, Alaska where I served on a, a small church there and just fell in love with teaching and preaching the Bible. And then several years later, ended up in seminary and um, and was in my, it was my MDiv with a concentration in ex expository um, preaching. And I, that's where I just really probably fell in love with scripture at a whole new level and ended up working for the preaching program and helping oversee their preaching lab. And when you sit and you hear 60 different sermons a semester, like, I, it was, it, it's just crazy. It was very transformative. And to see how God uses his word, how he uses individuals uniquely to deliver, you know, a, a very different sermon um, through each of them. So that's probably, I, I, I fell in love with um, Christ-centered preaching there at that seminary and was the mentored by the director and the professor of the program. That's great. Yeah. We hear sometimes just going back to that pocket readers edition, which I'd be so curious what that actually was. Um, we hear sometimes people that have trouble reading for one reason or another, mm -hmm. a traditional chapter verse two column reference Bible is just hard. Like there's just so it much is. kind of content there to, um, for the eyes to try to focus on. So, uh, so that's kind of cool to hear. So Stephanie, I actually grew up not far from you in, uh, in Fairfax up in the, in the Northern oh, Virginia okay. area as well. So, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a crazy area up there right outside of DC. It's kind of a unique area. Can you talk about yeah. the, the challenges of ministering in, in a place just right outside DC? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, our church, we're assemblies of God church and we have 84 year history. Um, so we've been in this community for many years. Um, but you know, I'm originally from Oklahoma, um, and lived in Missouri, lived in Alaska, came here, and this was a whole other culture. Um, yeah, little especially, different. <laughs> especially if you compare it to, um, the pace in Alaska, this pace in, um, just the greater DC area here is very fast paced. The commute um, the commutes are crazy. You know, we've, you, we've got people in our church that are commuting two, three hours a day round trip, um, to get to and from work. So, um, yeah, their pace of life. And we do have a very multi-ethnic, um, church, which is great. Cause that's reflecting this area very much, um, very multi-generational church. And, you know, we have a lot of people in our church who, um, our military and corporate military as well, and um, government workers. And so that's that's this whole little subculture in itself <laughs> um, here in this area that, that makes the church unique. 
Yeah. Yeah. I remember it being a melting pot there for sure. Mm -hmm. So Stephanie, this multicultural church, then you presented them with uh, this new approach to the Bible called immerse the Bible reading experience. And um, they've obviously accepted the challenge, but tell us a little bit about how you first were uh, introduced to immerse, what attracted you and then what about this wacky decision that uh, the whole church was going to dive in head first? Mm-hmm. No tipping your toes in the water. Um, how, how did all that happen? Yeah, well, um, it was the spring of 2017 and I was in my car on my way to Alexandria. So it's a 45 minute drive from here. And I was just looking through to try to find a podcast and there was something on biblical illiteracy. And I thought, well, this sounds interesting and pushed play and listened to it my entire trip. And, um, and it was Glenn and Paul, it might have been you, the two of you, I think on um, some podcasts talking about the Bible and literacy and, and that just got me really intrigued because um, I had been here at our church for a couple of years. And one of the things I'd noticed was either people had really no clue about the Bible or you had the experts of the Bible who just seemed to keep going deeper and deeper and deeper in those classes. Um, and, and my pastor has a love for the story, the big story of God and how God pulls us into that story. So um, I did some research and um, got Glenn's book. And then somehow online, I ran across um, Immersed, which I think was just being piloted that fall. And so I tracked it for a bit. And then um, I really liked what I was seeing and hearing. And so probably late spring, early summer of 2018, I sat down with our pastor and told him what I'd been researching and following. And he said, let's do it. He said, if you're, if you think this sounds good, let's do it. And, and then I proposed to him that we, we do the two year instead of the three year, just because of how our church operates. And he agreed. And um, so we, we then sold the vision um, at our vision meeting that happens every fall. And he, we got up and really cast the vision for it and people bought into it. In fact, we gave all of our leaders that were there that day, a free copy of the Messiah Hmm. and they were ready for it. And so then we launched into it in January of 19. Yeah. That's, that's super cool. How did the, Mm -hmm. how did the congregation react? Obviously there's some unique elements of immerse, both the format and kind of the book club model versus a a typical Bible study model. Was there any pushback or were people just kind of ready to, to jump in? (laughs) Oh yeah. There was pushback. You know, I got pushback from the people who are deep divers Mm -hmm. and Hey, I'm a deep diver. (laughs) I've been trained (laughs) in how to deep dive. Um, but you know, trying to help them understand there's, there's different ways of reading the scripture and we need it all. Um, so I heard from those people who wanted to really dive deep. And then I, I remember this sweet older woman came up to me with her great concern that we're not taking a contemplative approach, and which is funny because I am a contemplative as well. Yeah. Um, I'm a contemplative intellectual. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and I said, I'm with you. And I said, you know, um, I've done a lot of that here, but 
you know, this is this is another approach, and it's really to help us get the big picture of what God's doing. Um, and so just affirming where they're coming from was important, but also saying there's different ways of reading and, and we need it all. It all has its place. Mm-hmm. And some people, um, in fact, I, I've had two or three people come up and specifically say, um, I, I did not like this idea. I thought it was um, uh, basically a, a stupid idea. That's what they said. And, but then I got on board with it and it's been life-changing. Hmm. Um, and um, so some people, it just took them some time. Yeah. I remember, I think I saw one video actually that you guys had produced a woman that said, yeah, I was kind of skeptical at first, but you know, I, I trusted my pastors. So kudos to you guys for, you know, building those relationships and, um, yeah, I think it worked out well for everybody. Bethany, did you get comments specifically about the format about reading without chapters and verses and about a different order of, of the books? Um, yes, the chapter and verses that, that was a big thing, um, because people are so used to it and they, they just don't understand all that was added later, you know, and I always, I try to explain that to them. Um, and, and, and the purpose of it, I, but once I explained it, they seem to understand it. Um, the book order, I don't remember as much pushback as I, as I thought I would get for it. Um, because it's amazing what people will make, you know, sacred cows (laughs) and, um, like God himself ordained the order of, of the books or something. Um, Mm -hmm. but I don't remember having too much pushback. Um, especially we really did spend a lot of time explaining it, um, whenever we could. What about, um, a a book club model? Again, you said you had a group that are used to going deep. I could name Mm -hmm. some names of groups that encourage people to do that. Um, and the, the questions are pretty prescriptive in immerse. The questions are open-ended. How did, how did, how did your Immerse book clubs go? Um, Overall, they went really well. Um, I do think we probably had a couple of the groups led by the the deep divers where they were kind of teaching. (laughs) In fact, I remember walking into one and they had all kinds of maps laid out and illustrations. And I, you know, um, and it's just like, there's, we have some really gifted teachers. And so the people they drew wanted that, but I did watch and I could see they were still engaging everyone. Um, and, and that was what was key for me is that people felt safe to, to ask questions and to give their thoughts and that it just didn't turn into a teaching session. Um, but overall, Um, I I think it went over really well. Um, The only thing was the amount of reading could get really intense. And Mm -hmm. so I I always um, instructed our facilitators to keep encouraging people, even if you you got behind this week, (laughs) even if you did not read, come join the discussion anyway, because you're going to learn from just being there. And my hope would be that they would be, um, my hope would, would be that they would want to leave and get back caught back up, 
you yeah. know, and to go read some more. So th- that was um, kind of a big, a, a big thing of watching that um, as people would, tr- would drop off, you know, over time, but encouraging, encouraging them to um, reach out to those people and draw them back in. That's great. Well, again, you you did a, a major Bible reset yeah. at, uh, <laughs> at your church, and um, yeah, uh, you know, pe- people encourage individuals to do a reset, but there's an individual reset, and then there's an institutional mm-hmm. reset, and and two different things. Uh, let's. Uh, I want to segue a minute to um, how this was for you and for your preaching team. And I know that you have a preaching yeah. team there, and I've listened to multiple sermons from from different uh, different people. But um, talk about the adjustment in preaching. Uh, you know, traditionally pastors preach from a verse or two, or maybe a chapter or two. But you were preaching over broad swaths of scripture every week, maybe about fifty pages or so. And uh, so talk about your sermon preparation and preaching differently. I, I'm the one that designed each of the series for Immerse, um, which is very time consuming because I was trying to line up um, like what they heard on a Sunday. Maybe they were either they had just read it the week before, or they would be reading that text that coming week. Um, the only one I did not do that for was Messiah. When we launched, it was not originally planned to do that. And so Messiah, they were reading through the whole new Testament. Um, and we actually stuck to the gospels and, and I remember, I think we, we looked at like Messiah preparation and looked at John, um, from Mark one and how he prepared the way. I remember we looked at Miss, uh, Messiah proclamation and demonstration of, um, Luke four and Jesus, um, how he proclaims and demonstrated the kingdom of God. And so we would be in a text for that. Um, and I think the new Testament would have been really hard <laughs> to do a sermon for each of those. But I did take it on um, for moving forward with with the books, Um, though we didn't preach from every book of the Bible. um, I I did just try to line it up with where we were at in our reading. Now, most of the time we were in a text. However, what we were trying to do was um, prepare them. um, So like with our poets, you know, we, we did preach from Psalm 91 and we were preaching on fear and anxiety um, because during our poet series, we were really focused on the emotions. Mm -hmm. And so we were able then to speak to some things to help them understand what they'd be reading in the Psalms. Um, But this is where um, you guys, I, this is where I love Immerse. <laughs> the summary pages in, in the books um, really helps our people um, get a summary for the books. So we didn't necessarily have to do all that behind the pulpit. And then also um, the even the, the audio 
Mm-hmm. Um, that was such a great resource as well, or the, the videos that you guys did those summary videos. And then we'd also pull in a couple other summary videos for resources. So we really promoted those resources to help them get an understanding of the overall book they were reading so that we didn't have to try to preach it <laughs> in, you know, 35 minutes. Yeah. Um, hmm. but our preachers did really need to know from the, the, the book that they were preaching from, you know, I, my professor in, in um, seminary, he, he, he always used to talk about, you know, topical preaching and, and, you know, it, it's kind of been, it been a big thing in the contemporary church. And he said, you know, I don't care if you preach topically every now and then, but your topical sermons will be better if you know how to do expository sermons. <laughs> and so, we do focus as a team on really our exposition and, um, and, and Christ-centered preaching is huge for us. That was the big thing going throughout all of Immerse was all of our messages pointed back to Jesus. And that was really helping um, our church see Jesus in the Old Testament. Um, so it was challenging for us, but... Um, it really, I think it challenged us, um, in a good way as communicators. Um, and it, it really did help develop our congregation. Yeah. Does that, that. does that answer some of (laughs) (laughs) it does? I mean, I, I, I just listened the other day to a sermon that you preached and I've listened to other pastors too, because we're learning, uh, from, from your pioneering work, but you, uh, you preached through a good chunk of the book of Ezekiel. Oh, yes. <laughs> and uh, uh, there was a special illustration about Ezekiel bread for any of our listeners <laughs> who are interested in Ezekiel bread. Go to the uh, Chapel Springs and listen to Stephanie's sermon uh, <laughs> positioning what Ezekiel bread is and isn't. Uh, but at any rate, uh, it, it was terrific, though. And, you know, the sense that I got was, uh, had you not been involved in the whole church through the whole Bible, it is books like Ezekiel and Malachi and others that that are totally missing from the equation. Hmm. And um, so anyhow, it was it was very exciting to uh, to hear you taking on those kinds of things and knowing that people were being exposed to things that they would have maybe never been exposed to in their lifetime. Yeah. And you know, Ezekiel, that was a good one because I think I took a little bit more of a biographical approach to that one. I think I, I brought out some things over his life over that book. Um, and I had never preached from Ezekiel before. Um, and the, I will tell you personally, like what I got from immerse, like diving into the prophets so intensely and really, I, I walked away understanding the prophets like never before. And then having to wrestle through like a book like Ezekiel, um, was very challenging. And I, I grew, I grew so much, um, in, through that book, the prophets, Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I will never forget that, that sermon. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I love what you said a couple of minutes ago about, um, you know, giving people outside resources and the, the immersed book introductions and that sort of stuff to kind of get them oriented to the big picture of the book. Cause you know, I think we've all been to sermons where pastor has to kind of spend these crucial minutes, 
bringing people up to speed with where they're preaching from before they kind of get to the the sermon itself. And it's it must be nice at some level as a pastor, kind of having a general sense that most people are are on the same page or at least sort of up to speed about the at least the book that you'll be preaching out of and that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. that's got to be nice. Um, you know, one one other quick thing uh, that I noticed in listening to multiple sermons, and I listen to a lot of sermons, <laughs> uh, but the the average sermon I would say today, you know, the pastor, the speaker will spend ten minutes, uh, kind of, you know, gaining the audience's attention. You know, my wife and I went to a movie last week, and it reminded me so much of this and that. But you guys kind of would just dive right in. And um, I felt for a long time that uh, so much of preaching was like building this massive porch. And then you actually walk into the house and spend five minutes there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you guys spent your time in the house. And I loved that. Yeah, you can spend 15 minutes on an introduction. And <laughs> that's like half your sermon almost, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, get get to the meat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Stephanie, obviously, you're a pastor. Um, and as a pastor, COVID has thrown your life upside down, uh, over the last year or so. Um, how, how is Immerse, uh, you know, what role has Immerse played in your church through the COVID pandemic and kind of regular church life getting disrupted over the last year? Yeah. Well, to be honest, it's been a, it was a little bit of a disappointment. Yeah. We had just finished profits when I think maybe the week later, um, we got shut down. Mm. It was there within a week or two. And then, um, our plan was to go into poets in the summer and we did do that. But by the time that hit, we were still recording on online sermons. We weren't like doing live streaming, but we were meeting together as a church, but we had, we had to be outside on the lawn. And so even that would even be a bit different than what we were were recording to be, um, you know, online. And so we did go ahead and proceed with our our poets. Um, And I actually think it lined up really well because of all the emotions that, you know, that were happening last summer around COVID, around the racial tensions, around um, politics, and there were lots of feelings going going on. So I was excited um, going into that series, but I didn't. I, I had to let go of my expectations um, when it came to the groups because um, even though we had several groups meeting online. Um, you know, we just, people were not comfortable meeting in homes and we could only allow so many to be meeting. Um, so we didn't have nearly as many people in the book club. Um, and so we really just pressed into, um, people's individual reading and reading through with us. And so that's kind of where we, we, that's what we leaned into on that. Um, and it went well, but as, as everyone knows, um, COVID just changed everything. It messed everyone's rhythms up. Um, people were just in turmoil. Um, 
And so it, that was a bit of a disappointment because I, I know people did not lean into it the way I would have loved them to have. And there's so much to glean from that poet's book during this past year. Um, we got a little bit more um, on track as we went into the fall. We were back in the building and we ended up um, you know, ending the two years with Chronicles, the book of Chronicles, um, and which was a great place to be because we we were in Daniel and we spent three, I think, three um, weeks in Daniel because it was a much smaller book. So we were able to slow down a little bit um, and it was a great book to be in. Um, going into the 2020 election <laughs> and and all the crazy craziness that that entailed. Yeah. Um, but we did have some groups kind of get going again. But once again, it was nothing like it was back in, in 2019 and the first of 2020. I'm sure it's been just a crazy disruption for, yeah. I, don't, I don't know, a church that hasn't obviously had a crazy disruption over the last year. So that yeah. totally makes sense. Stephanie, we want to wrap this up, but your uh, your uh, spiritual formation uh, guru, uh, this is this is uh, in your in your vocational title, and uh, I stumbled on a uh, interesting quote recently from Eugene Peterson's uh, earlier book, "Eat This Book," yeah, and he he makes the observation that. Spiritual formation is a hot topic in churches today, but he said this, the interest in soul care hasn't been matched by an interest in the scriptures. And uh, I'd like to kind of hear your take on that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I love that book. <laughs> Um, as I love most of Peterson's books. Um, so that was published in 2006. And because uh, I, th I thought through this a little bit that he he would have probably written that in 2004, 2005. And at the turn of the century, there was a huge focus on formation and soul care that came in and spiritual theology and all of that, which I think some of it was in response to 9-11 and what was happening in our nation and all 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 the feelings and in in the the lack of security that people were you know they were feeling um and i would agree with him when he wrote that book i think that's absolutely true however um i have seen that completely change over maybe the last decade um there's a huge emphasis in um um, Lectio Divina, which in that book by Peterson, he talks he talks about Lectio Divina, sacred reading. Um, there's also a huge emphasis on Visio Divina now, um, which is sacred scene. So using artwork and images, but also bringing the scripture in. So those are more contemplative, um, slow reading, you know, practices. Um, I've also seen a lot in the last five years on imaginative reading. So reading, especially from the gospels and inviting people to imagine themselves in the story, which I think Peterson would um, absolutely be thrilled with, <laughs> you know, uh, just with the way he taught. Um, and something else I'm now seeing, and this has just come up, um, in my world, the last 
year um, copying scripture um, as a spiritual practice. And I've been doing this. Um, and so, you know, you get to kind of become your own scribe, so, you know, so to speak. And it's such a great contemplative practice of scripture of just copying it a few verses every day and allowing yourself to pray, you know, from that, from that place. Um, so I think there's been a real change um, in, in spiritual formation um, in regards to Peterson's statement. And I think he's probably been part of that change. And I, and even just the message alone, um, maybe, you know, for sure, but I want to say the message was completed around 2002, 2003, where it came out as a publication altogether. I remember getting a hold of the Psalms and Proverbs, I think were done first. And I think I got a copy of those maybe around 99 or 2000, but the entire message Bible was released a couple years later. And the thing with Peterson on doing that is putting it in everyday language and helping us really grasp the big story of God. And I think it's allowed people who didn't really find the Bible accessible to access the Bible again and to get back into the story of God. And so I do think he he's I think he played a critical role in in changing um, his critique of what he saw. Um, I think he played a vital role in that the last several years. Stephanie, anything anything else to add? Anything you'd want to share with church leaders uh, about your experience with Immerse or, uh, you know, just your general view of, of the Bible and spiritual formation? You know, I, I would just encourage pastors um, and I've. I've been promoting Immerse among many of my friends and my networks. Um, I think this is a great time to, to jump into Immerse um, and to focus on scripture as we are seeing people come back into the church. Um, uh, though we're not completely post-COVID, <laughs> we're, we're slowly, hopefully getting there. Um, people are coming back um, with a lot of questions um, with a lot of insecurities where their, their life seemed nice and safe. Um, death didn't maybe even seem a reality for them. That's all changed. And I'm noticing as people are coming back in the church, um, they're looking for connection. They're looking to also connect their lives again to God. And where's God in all of this? And so I think this would be a great time to refocus on scripture and to do it within the context of community to help people have a safe space to, um, to talk and to, you know, to discuss the Bible and where is God in all of this. And, and you get to see that, oh, God's been through this. He's been, he's been there all along through much worse. And so I think we're going to be okay today. Um, so I, I think it's a great time to jump in if, if you have, and I'm, I am glad this year that, we have dived back into the new Testament. Yeah, that's great. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Um, and obviously for your leadership at Chapel Springs to help your congregation come together around scripture. And of course, for your leadership through the adversity of COVID to just keep people um, in the scriptures and, and using them to uh, encourage people through, through the adversity of COVID. To our listeners, if you're interested in learning more about Immerse, you can head over to ImmerseBible.com where you'll find information, stories, uh, those, those audio files and videos that Stephanie 
uh, mentioned earlier in the in the podcast. All sorts of stuff to just help you get acquainted with the verse. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you on the next one. Mm-hmm.